0: Two, one. Lift off and
1: the clock has started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Backyard Roundtable segment of the Project Semper podcast. Please enjoy the following clip of Jen and me, let's say, let's call it meandering through societal BS. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the stuff that this uh, genre and all of its subgenres require of you to uh, to get this heard and forward it out there. Visit ProjectSemper.com for all of the things and all of the info. Enjoy.
0: Uh, I mentioned this earlier to you, but uh, I've been reading a Brene Brown book, and she is a a researcher, a data aggregator. She's a um, she's basically takes clinical psychology patients and has them in a study, and over time develops theories based on data that she receives from treating these people who are from all walks of life and et cetera. And one of the things I came across was, um, she talks about how a lot of us are afraid to be curious. If someone mentions something at a party, you just say, oh, yeah, um, I agree with the opinion of the other people who are thinking like me so that I don't sound stupid rather than going, you know, I actually don't really know a lot about that. Can you tell me more? And her point to this was if we lose our curiosity, rather than becoming liars, we become bullshitters. And that's even more dangerous than becoming a liar, because by nature, we know we're lying. But bullshitting is a lot easier, I think, to get in that gray area.
1: Yeah, there's also a um, a long developed societal um, instinct, if not um, a uh, an accepted norm, to bullshit. Because there, well, there there are some venues where bullshitting is a perfectly acceptable form of communication, sitting around a campfire, you know, after fishing or whatever, that's fine. But in a, in a situation where people are coming together in a shared space, in an environment that's meant for commingling and conversation, it should be as straightforward and honest as possible um keeping keeping an eye towards tact i mean there's a difference between being honest and being uh i don't know insulting uh tasteless um you know there's it's like the person the reductio ad absurdum the person who takes everything literally it's like well you taught me you wanted me to be honest well, I'm being honest. Your outfit looks stupid. You got a hair coming out of your nose. Um, you're 30 pounds overweight and I don't like your wife. <laughs> honest. What kind of parties do you go to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I go to, uh, the, well, none anymore. <laughs> but um, when, when the opportunity used to arise, whether it was, when I worked away from my own business or my wife's business, that that milieu presents. Uh, you know what? You know what presents opportunities for bullshitting is small talk, mm. and I am really bad at small talk. Yeah. I hate it. It's just like, oh, hello, how are you? Good to see you this eve. Good morrow, sir does uh, it's very, it's a pleasure to meet you. How's it's the good weather? to see you again. What do you do? Where are you from? And all this, and there's, there's a nugget in there, um, of curiosity and learning. Where are you from? Oh, really? Well, that's cool. How was life growing up there? Or what was your experience like? Or, hey, I... Grew up next to there, we have something in common.
0: Right, but you took it from small talk into genuine curiosity. Right,
1: which usually that's yeah, yeah. that never gets breached. Um how are you doing? Great. Lucy the quasi-border collie has joined the conversation and she's got crazy eyes.
0: (laughs) But no, that's why I loved that term curiosity, because that to me is a is a genuine emotion. If you are truly curious, it's and and they talk about They (laughs) think other research that I've read. I know, I know, (laughs) sorry. Other research that I have read has studied the effect that it has when we try to define each other by our work. So one of the most common questions when you meet someone is what do you do? And that's sort of a filler versus a what are you passionate about or you know what like I've started asking people oh well what kind of things do you like to do in your free time yeah
1: yeah yeah that's much more interesting on the whole
0: yeah most people don't have jobs that are very exciting no
1: no. and in fact it's funny that you bring that up because um my wife is as are you both of you are more educated than I i Started my college career much much let's just say at a non traditional point in my life, uh, and the two of you did the traditional road at, at the uni- high school to four year college yeah, at the university level, and just but anyway back back to her she's a very educated person and she works in a field or has always worked in a field of with other educated people. And by educated, I simply mean a formal university degree. That's essentially what I'm talking about here. And maybe in advanced degrees sprinkled around in there, I didn't have that for most of our existence together. And I had to learn for, I had to, I had to teach myself that that wasn't a source of shame because I grew up in the 80s. Well, I was born in 1969, and my coming of age years were basically the entire decade of the 80s, which was like all of my teenage years and into my early 20s. And if you're young enough that you don't really recall the attitude of the 80s, it was all, it was, well, it was boomer driven. So it was hyper achievement. It was um, whether the achievement was actually. Real or mm-hmm. not? Yep. Um, it was status. Yes, it was. I mean, it, it. And some things never change. Nothing new under the sun. But it was not only how big was your house, but where was it exactly? Ugh. And was it in this neighborhood or this neighborhood? Because you could have a nice house in this neighborhood, but you don't have a a house in that neighborhood. And it was about designer clothes more so than today. I think, I think, I think it was more so than today because it was, and maybe it's because there weren't as many designers, like everybody's a designer now, but it was Calvin Klein. And, uh, you know, I guess Louis Vuitton really kind of started to come into its thing. Maybe, yeah, in And the you're 90s. also
0: talking about a generation who's previous generation was raised in a time of cotillions and white gloves and you know dinner on the table yeah but they
1: were all well i don't know not my relatives (laughs) um but yeah you're right there there was a nod to you know let's just say sending uh your kids to um i guess what they would call at one point I guess there's a term finishing school, but that's not a thing anymore. And that wasn't even a thing. No,
0: but appearance was, was...
1: you would, but there were, I can't even remember the term Meredith would know, but there's, there was something you would do where the kids would go. Cotillion. I don't even know if it was specifically that, but anyway, The kids would go, and I think it's a good thing, because they go and learn how to set a table, and sit Mm -hmm. at the table, and eat, and oh, let's circle back around to what we were talking about before, which is carry on a decent conversation with the people around you. Anyway, so back to... uh, Education. Yeah. um, So that was kind of the environment in which I grew up, where if you did... The attitude was... It's, it's gone away a little bit, but the attitude was if you did not attend university right out of high school and finish in four years and then either go to work at Mm -hmm. X business in a professional, uh, white shirt and tie environment or proceed farther down the road of education, then you were something lesser. And it didn't even, it's, it doesn't make any sense. No. And, it, and if you're in your 20s and you're hearing that right now and you've never heard that kind of thing before and it's anachronistic, it really is. It still exists in a lot of circles, but it's not at the forefront of the culture as it was before. So, anyway, the point being, when we would go to Christmas parties, for example, um, for anywhere that she worked, that my wife worked. I was basically the only one there that didn't have those particular qualifications. But I had spent my life as an infantry marine and I've worked um I've worked every ridiculous not, not ridiculous, every amazing job opportunity that you could buy ridiculous. I think I was going like the list is ridiculous. I've worked landscaping. I've worked construction. I worked in an ice house. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cumberland gas and ice down in St. Mary's, Georgia. Um, that was interesting. Uh, and you know, a slew of retail jobs and food and beverage jobs. And there's really not a whole heck of a lot that I didn't do and on into my thirties. And that, that was, it was, It was a treadmill of stagnation. But anyway, the point being, it was my little private source of shame. It shouldn't have been. It doesn't make any sense because I brought, as a human, I brought just as much to to the table as anybody else. Lucy agrees. And heaven Um, forbid
0: we have some variety in our company. Yeah.
1: And so the, uh, (laughs) but I was the only one that cared about that. Yeah. I came to find out. And it was, uh, it was interesting working my way through that. Cause I used to, I used to hate going to these things because the first question is always when you meet somebody, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do for a living?
0: <sighs> Why do we define ourselves by that? I, uh, I don't know how that <clears throat> came to be. I don't know if it's just an easy question because most people have jobs, so it's the first thing that comes to mind, but y'all, seriously. But you know
1: what else I came to find out, and you touched on this, which is most people don't have, most people don't do something for a living that's interesting enough to have a discussion about. No. The weird thing I came to find out was that I did. Yeah. I was, for about 20 years, I was the most popular individual in, at an office party when it came to discussing what you do for a living, because I worked in the golf industry mm. and I was a caddy and a caddy master. And when people hear that and they hear that you're not, uh, you know, from an episode of the office and you don't sit at Dunder Mifflin all day and, you know, do essentially nothing and talk about your stapler or whatever. Um, but cause I've, it was something outside the norm, and people found it really interesting, even though I found it almost like I'm sort of beneath you because I do this. But I made a lot of money, and if that's your thing, so my income was equal. And I also got to travel to some really cool places and work with not just meet, but work with some really interesting individuals from everything from actors and musicians to politicians and statesmen. I know politicians, people, especially these days, like who cares, but there's some, some of them are actually pretty cool people because when you are with them on a golf course for five hours and they can unplug and not have to be putting on a show and they can sort of get a little bit down to the core of who they actually are, um, a lot of them are pretty cool people. but. Uh, so that was that was an interesting uh ride, an interesting journey for me to take and kind of coming full circle through and I, I've really only ever talked about this twice, this being the second time about how not attending university out of high school, not going to college until my late 30s. Yeah, late 30s. Um, And working jobs that weren't really, uh, in my mind, commensurate with the company in which I found myself at whatever gathering. And that stupid question, which used to trigger me, trigger alert, (laughs) which is, what do you do for a living? And I used to just say, I work in the golf industry or whatever, whatever I was at the time.
0: My answer, if somebody asks me that, I love this. I'm a senior digital project manager and I get this empty stare and then, Oh, that's nice.
1: So where are you from?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think also I think there's something to be said again, going back to curiosity, it's like having different company, having those different questions pulls you into a new world, like you were describing, like uh, having someone else around you exposes you to a different way of life. So my brother and I were both raised that in that manner, you're gonna go to college, you're gonna get a four year degree. It doesn't matter what you get it in, Get it in something that you are passionate about because it doesn't matter. You'll just be able to put that college degree on your resume. And my brother- Which is a stupid
1: statement to tell <laughs> an 18-year-old anyway.
0: I will pass that information. I was 17. I'll pass that information along to my parents. But not through their own fault. You know, they, that was their- that was the, what they thought was best for us. But my brother wanted to be a chef. And so he lost time in his industry because he had to go to four-year university and then three years of culinary school or two years, whatever it was. And we didn't know any better. We, could, we didn't know enough to push back and our parents didn't know any different to think that doing something besides four-year college wasn't beneath four-year college. It was just different. We grew up in a bubble of a town, my brother and I, And we moved and thank goodness we moved when I was halfway through high school because I got here to this this area where we live now. And my eyes popped out of my head for the first three years. I was like, where am I? What foreign place did we move to? But I'm so grateful for that because it completely exposed me. And now I'm I'm surrounded by amazing, intelligent people who may only have a high school education, may have an associate's degree, may have a technical degree, may have a four-year degree. But what I've learned from all of them or none of that, but what I've learned from, from them is it's what you make of your life. And it's the the type of person that you are on the inside, the work that you do on the inside and how you conduct yourself every day. And, and, you know, that's just exposure. That's curiosity. It's like, well, what else is out there?
1: Which is a good segue. Have we even talked about anything that we, Plan to talk about today? Kind of. Sort of. In a but, subtle way. Yeah, but that's conversation. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. As I said at the beginning, don't forget to like and subscribe and do all of the things that you know you need to do. Please visit ProjectSimper.com for all of the stuff, all of the things, everything Project Simper. See you next time. Peace out, homies.